0: pleasure to be with you. Please join me in prayer. Father, we just uh, honor and bless you today. Lord, you are good, and your mercies endure forever. And we just stand here today and thank you for, in your eternal plan, with both the Son and the Holy Spirit, you had ordained this day for us to meet in your name, at this time in eternity, for us to know you and to walk with you. Lord, as we turn our heart to your word would you cause us to become a people that tremble at your word and understand the power and the glory of it in our lives. Let there be an unveiling for each person's heart that they would know the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I thank you for this time, Lord. Strengthen us, make yourself known to us, and let us understand what it means to be seated with you in heavenly places. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, amen. Well, it's been an honor to be with you. If this is the first time I've seen you, uh, welcome. I'm glad to meet you. We're uh, talking about the healing ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ, Jesus being our healer. And compared to last service, I'm going to switch gears and cover a totally different topic. I'm going to talk about what we'd call the healing message of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I believe that there were two messages that Jesus constantly was revealing to humanity when he came to earth. One was the kingdom of God. That's what Jesus preached on all the time, the kingdom of God. The next one that he did is as he talked about the kingdom, he wanted to understand how to relate to God. Some of the roles of prophets in both the Old Testament and Jesus being a prophet in the New Testament was them showing you what God is like. Well, when Jesus shows up on the scene, what was so powerful about his ministry was he revealed God as a father. Now, it's been talked about maybe once or twice in the Old Testament, but here comes the Son of God on the scene. And when he shows up, he says, Now, I want you to understand, God is your father. And this is how I want you and I to relate to him. He's a father, and he's a father a very specific way. Now, as he did that, what you see when you look at the New Testament is what I would call this joy that comes from the Lord Jesus Christ. Because as he's healing people, he's saying, isn't my father wonderful? And for us today, as we cover the idea of Jesus' healing and what he does in that, I think the first area that all of us have to come to is what we would call a restoration or a healing back to God as our Father. And so that's what we're going to look at today. Uh, What I want to start with you is if you have your Bibles, uh, go with me to John chapter 14, verse 9. I believe it's going to be coming up here on the screen. Uh, The first scripture I want to talk to you is about how Jesus talks about his ministry. So now... I know you guys look at this, I look at it this way also, that here Jesus is doing all these wonderful things. He's preaching the gospel, he's healing the sick, he's driving out demons, he's raising people from the dead, he's saying incredibly powerful words, but he's trying to say, now, what is God like? How are you supposed to relate to him? And he begins to give indications like this, look... Everything I do, I'm representing how my Father is. Everything that, I, that you see me do or my conversation with you is God's will for mankind. And he says this in John 14, verse 9. Jesus says, Don't you know me, Philip, even after I've been with you such a long time? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. So how can you say, well, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? And the words I say to you are not my own, rather... Is the Father living in me who's doing his work. Now, isn't that amazing? He's saying, look, you want to see what God the Father's like? This eternal God that man is trying to understand? Everything I'm doing is really a testimony or a representation or a sermon of this is what our Father in heaven is like. So when Jesus heals, he's saying, this is what God our Father's like. When he restores people, this is what God our Father is like. And when I started saying that, I had to go on a journey of restoration to see him truly as he is as a father. Now, just so you understand where I'm coming from as I talk with you about this, I grew up in a broken home. My parents got divorced by the time I was uh, a junior, I'm sorry, a sophomore in high school. Had terrible dysfunctional family dynamics, didn't understand what fathers were like or how they actually had input in life. And here God comes into my life and the first subject he begins to approach me on is, what is he like as a father? Now, I don't know if you guys are like I am, but there's a lot of people out there, and especially in the culture we live in today because of divorce and the fragmentation of relationships, most children don't understand the roles of fathers. Most men don't know how to be fathers because we've lost the family structure in our culture. And Jesus wants to restore this back to us. And show us now this is what our father is like. And this is how he wants to relate to you. By the way, it is the Lord's job to reveal himself to you as a father. And that's what he wants to do for all of us. So the first scripture we're going to look at is in Matthew chapter 9 verse 35. Matthew 9.35. And this is what we call the first way that Jesus revealed God as a father. And it's called the compassion of God. Now... Uh, If you talk to most people who don't know the Lord Jesus Christ or they have never met him as their Lord and Savior, what you hear is they talk about God as usually being angry at humanity or far off. And really what that is, is that's a representation of how our culture looks at families and fathers. They believe that most fathers are distant, most fathers are angry, and yet here comes Jesus on the scene. He's saying, my father isn't like that at all, and look at the passage with me. Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogue, and preaching the good news of the kingdom, and healing every uh, disease and sickness. Now when he saw the crowd, he had compassion on them, because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. The word compassion here is wonderful. When you look at it in the original language, it doesn't mean sympathy. It carries the idea of sympathy, but it's not saying Jesus walks into town and sees people suffering and goes, man, I feel sorry for them." Uh, I guess I'll have to wait until they die until I step in. The word compassion is very wonderful because in the original language, it kind of gives more of a detailed flavor of what the heart of God is like. The word compassion means an empty container filled with something and then overflowing. And so when Jesus walks among broken humanity, His response, everyone goes, well, why does Jesus heal? Because his response is, he sees you suffering and hurting. And it breaks his heart what sin has done to humanity. And he fills the Son of God or he fills the church with compassion. The compassion isn't so that you feel sorry for them. It's so that you have the power and the grace to relieve the suffering of people. (laughs) When I first got around this... um, I, as I shared yesterday as we were going through the seminar, I struggled with healing because this part of the body of Christ that I came into, they were telling me, well, look, there's, there's, no, really, there's no reason for healing. We have doctors, we've advanced in medicine, we have all these things. So really, there's just, Jesus did that because they didn't have technology like we have today. And so he felt sorry for us, he was the only health plan they had, and until we advanced in medicine, we just, you know... He needed to do that. Well, that's not the reason why Jesus heals or doesn't heal. As I got around it, here's what happened. I became, not only did I not understand God's father, when I became a Christian, I was so fragmented that I became extremely religious when I met the Lord Jesus Christ. And what I mean by that is, I became very much a man of the law, which meant I judged people based on the law all the time. And the group that I was a part of, we, we had standards, and we were also really um, legalistic and rigid all the time. And so we wore three-piece suits, and if other people didn't wear three-piece suits, they were less of a Christian. If they didn't study Greek and Hebrew, they were less of a Christian. If they didn't do things by singing songs out of a hymnal, they were less of a Christian. I mean, that sounds pretty intense, doesn't it? And I was, like Paul the Apostle, I was a Pharisee of Pharisees. And so how does the Lord deal with that kind of stuff? Someone dared me to go to a meeting one time. So I go to this meeting. I'm the only person in there with a three-piece suit, okay? Everyone else is dressed just like you guys are today, which I think is wonderful. I get there in the meeting. They have this man on stage. He looks like an ex-hippie chewing gum while he's speaking into the microphone, and he has a Hawaiian shirt on. No, I I had gone through Bible college, and our professor said, never put anything in your mouth while you're doing sermons because it amplifies, which it does. When he chewed on his gum, it sounded like a cow chewing on curds. And it just amplified through the, and and he told jokes, and I thought, you're not supposed to tell jokes when you're preaching the word of God? I mean, I was just grilling this guy inside of myself. And he gets to the end of the service, and he does this thing that I had no understanding of. He says, well, I'm going to go ahead and get some words of knowledge now. I thought, what is a word of knowledge? I mean, I had read First Corinthians, but I thought, I don't know what that means. And so he says, I'm going to get some words of knowledge now. And he just, in a matter of fact, announces, I'm just going to get some words of knowledge now. And he starts laughing. And I thought, now look, you're not supposed to enjoy yourself when you're doing this. And you're not supposed to laugh because God's very intense and very focused. And don't play games with the Lord. And he's laughing and having fun. And he stands up there and he says... Um, there's a, there's a woman, and she's in this section of the room, and, and you have um, scoliosis, and the Lord would like you to come forward, because he says he's going to heal you, and I thought, well, that's kind of brave. And he says, so why don't you come up? one no one responds. By the way, uh, one of the greatest joys I have is when I travel. Uh, Jesus loves letting me stay humble, and so I announce things like, hey, there's someone here, and they're doing this, and then people don't respond, and you're just like, oh, no. Uh, here we go again. And so... She does that, and the first thing that goes through my head is, oh, look, a false minister right there in a Hawaiian shirt. But the guy doesn't back off. He says, look, you're, you're literally in this, these rows right here, and you have scoliosis, and you're over the age of 30. If you stand up and make your way forward, the Lord is going to heal you. And again, no one responded. Finally, he just, I, I was amazed at the man. He, in a very gentle but very focused way, he says, um... In fact, you just went to your physician earlier in the week, and you're pretty much in this row right here, and if you don't stand up, the Lord's going to give me your name, and I'm going to point you out. And I thought, you've got to be kidding me. And so finally, (laughs) this lady stands up, and she's shaking, and I'm like, oh, she's really nervous. But I'm kind of sitting right here, and I'm watching her get out of her seat, and when you looked at her, you could tell she had scoliosis in her back. It was obvious. She starts making her way past us and starting to walk towards the stage, and you could actually hear her spine cracking as she is making her way up to the stage. Now, the gentleman that's ministering to her, he does something that just catches me off guard. Now, another reason I struggled with Jesus' ministry is because of what I would call immaturity in the expression of God's power. Um, I was sharing yesterday that when I started watching like called Healing Evangelists on television, I could never tell the difference between them and World Federation Wrestling. Um, Because I remember one day I was watching the television and I'm watching World Federation Wrestling and these guys are jumping on the stage and pushing people over and stuff like that. And then I happened to turn to a Healing Evangelist and he was doing kind of the same thing. And And I thought, why does Jesus need to like do full body Uh, bumps and knock people on the ground and blow on them and throw coats over and push them down. I'm just like, why does Jesus need to do that? Which I'm sure you guys will do this later on in the service, but anyways, (laughs) at that time, I was trying to figure out why is that necessary, alright? And um, this man didn't do any of that. The woman comes up and she's shaking. He goes, now, just relax. The presence of the Lord is going to come over you and he's going to restore you. And she's I'm afraid. And he goes, I understand, but you don't have to be afraid. God is very kind, and he's going to minister to you now. And just this beautiful thing happened. The presence of the Lord came over her. And in front of all of us, I mean, I would never seen anything like this. In front of us, she literally straightens up, and she's healed. And he doesn't make a show out of it or anything. He just thanks her and has her go sit back down. I'm watching that, and the Spirit of the Lord fills me. And he goes, now, Brian... I don't heal to prove anything. I heal because I love. Once he said that to me, it's like an arrow shot out of heaven and hit my heart and pierced me, and I went, I get it. It's not to prove anything. He didn't do this to prove anything. He cares and loves humanity, and he's reflecting himself as a father to us. The next way Jesus revealed God as a father to us is this. Now, um, when I was sending uh, my notes, I, I think I, I have this correct. It's Matthew 8 1. Uh, hopefully, I sent them the right scripture references. They didn't. You should have your Bibles, hopefully. Look with me at Matthew 8 1. It's called The Willingness of God. Is God willing? Now, a lot of people have this kind of theology. It's not really Christian theology, it's more of what we call deism. Deism was part of American history comes out of Western Europe, and deism believes, obviously, there's a God, but he kind of is like what we call the watchmaker. He winds up the clock, he sets things in motion, then he steps back from humanity and never involves himself in the affairs of men. right, So they have a belief in God, but they don't believe he intervenes into human history at all. And because of that belief system, when people start coming around the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ, specifically healing, they're always saying things like this. Well, I know that God can heal. But is he willing to heal me? Well, let's look at Matthew um, 8 1 and let's see what it says here. Now, Jesus has just done what we would call the Beatitudes, and he's coming down from a mountain. And it says, Now, when he came down from the mountain, a large crowd followed him, and a man with leprosy came and knelt before him and said, Now, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. Now, Jesus reached out his hand and he touched the man and he said, Now, I'm willing, be clean. And immediately he was cured. Of his leprosy. Now, what's interesting here is commentators that write Bible commentaries say about this passage, well, this man must have either been a, a, a Jewish person that didn't know the Torah or he must have not understood the covenant of God. Because it's very clear in the Old Testament that God's nature is to heal. The very first thing that God did when he brought the children of Israel out of Egypt was take him to a test where something the water was bitter. And he restored it and said, now, this test was to show you something about me. Uh, before he gave the law, before he gave anything else to the nation of Israel, he said, here's how I want you to know me first and foremost. I am Your healer. And what that was, commentators say that when Moses stood on the scene and said, I'm your healer, he was declaring to the nation of Israel, do not go back to the gods, the physicians and the gods of Egypt. I'm your healer. Now, that was something that was taught throughout the Old Testament that God heals his people. Now, this man comes up and says, Lord, he's acknowledging him actually as Lord, are you willing to do this? When he says, I'm willing, he's saying, this is what God's nature is like towards this topic. I'm willing to do this. Now, I don't know where you guys are at in your journey with it, but I've had a long, hard struggle trying to figure out this idea is that God's will to heal. Because I have this adventure, and I'm sure you guys do too, where I pray for one person and they don't get healed, and I pray for another person and they get healed, and I'm always trying to figure out why is there this inconsistency going on here? I think the Lord has helped me at a certain measure. I don't think I have it absolutely figured out. But I would say this, where it seems to be at this stage of my life today is I realize, according to John chapter 6, everybody is on a healing journey with God. And because of that, that means that God ministers very specifically to individuals. So when I hear one person's testimony, well, they got healed in a moment, and I hear another person's testimony, well, I got healed in six months, I understand the overarching idea. God wants to do it tailored to each person for a redemptive reason. And then the big question: Well, why does God not heal some people and they go into eternity? There, are you ready? There is a reason that that happens. Now, let's look at another way that God reveals what we would call the Father in the midst of us, and it comes from John chapter twelve and verse one through eight. And um, I'm not going to read the passage; I'm going to talk to you about the passage here in John chapter. 12, verse 1 through 8 is the story of um, Judas, Mary, and Jesus. And what's going on in the passage is Judas is the holder of the money bag, and he's decided that now that he keeps the money, he's going to take it for himself and use some of the resources for his own gains in life. All right? That's what they're telling us in the passage. Now, Mary comes and she takes a perfume, a pint of nard, and she pours it on the Son of God's feet, and she takes her hair, and she wipes his uh, feet with his hair. And Judas basically objects, and he says, now, why, was she, why did she do this? That she, we should have sold this and given it to the poor. And Jesus rebukes him and says, now, stop that. This was intended for my burial. Okay, now, what does this have to do with God being a father? It's the condition of the two men. Judas, at this point in his experience, was functioning like a New Testament apostle. He was preaching the gospel. He was uh, healing the sick. He was driving out demons and raising people from the dead. And Jesus was sending him out, and he was coming back, and he was doing all this, but something wasn't changing in his heart. Are you guys ready? Can you imagine people actually walking with the Son of God, being given certain responsibilities, allowing seeing the power of the kingdom in ways that you and I could hardly imagine, and something doesn't change in the heart of the man? And then here's this woman. She has none of this. She, the only place that we hear a reference to her before is earlier when her and her sister, Jesus, comes to their house. And she just wants to listen to him. Something happened to her in that encounter that never happened to Judas. I'm reading this passage one day. I don't know if you guys ever do this. But I'm reading this passage one day. And a, and a major leader in the body of Christ fell. And I'm asking the Lord, whenever that happens, that shakes all of us. And I'm asking the Lord, well, why does this kind of stuff happen? And how in the world, if these people are who they are in Christ, and I don't see myself as any significance in Christ, how am I going to keep myself from falling? I mean, how does this work, Lord? And the Lord talks to me out of this passage. And here's what he showed me. Because Mary sat at Jesus' feet and listened to her, she experienced the embrace of God. Now, this is important. When you and I grow, this is why ministers and people stand before you and they say things like this. We want you to pray and read your Bible, not just so you can have knowledge of God, but that you can come into an intimate dynamic with the Lord because it is the love of the Father that will keep your heart from falling. Judas, are you ready, experienced Every benefit of the kingdom. Wouldn't you and I love to be raising people from the dead. And doing all those powerful dynamic things. And yet because his heart wasn't transformed by the love of the father. He enjoyed all the benefits of Jesus' powerful ministry. But it didn't change his heart at all. It's only the grace of the Lord. And as the Lord showed this to me. Then he asked me a question. Uh, I don't know if the Lord ever does this with you. But he just stopped me for a moment. And he goes now Brian. Why are you doing what you're doing? I think the correct theological response is because you told me, Lord. I said that to the Lord because you said so, Lord. And he said, you're not doing it for that reason. Then he came to me again. He said, now, Brian, why are you doing what you're doing? And I thought, wow, this is, this is getting kind of closer. Lord, uh, I'm doing this because this is what you have called me to do. And he said, no, that's not why you're doing it. And then he asked me again, now, why are you doing this what you're doing? I felt like Peter there for a moment. I'm just like, wow, the same question, and I'm not getting it right. And, and I said, well, Lord, I, I think it's because I love you and I'm trying to follow you. And he stopped me right there, and he says, now, you're worried if you're going to fall. And he said, no, I'm going to deal with this in your life. He said, now, Brian... Two years ago, I came to you and I said, Now, I want you to go this direction with your life. And you looked at me and said, No, I don't think that's a good idea. I don't think you know how to build the kingdom well. I'm going to go this direction. And he said, In that moment, you decided not to obey me and turn this direction. What you did is you decided to take all the benefits of the kingdom and use them to build your own kingdom and say you're doing it for Jesus. He said, The only way your heart stays secure is if you let me consistently embrace you, and you follow me where you're going. Okay, You know, um, think about all the benefits that come from the Lord Jesus Christ. One of them today is the benefit of healing. And yet, if I'm not following the Lord, and I'm experiencing the embrace of God as a father, what's happening is, I'm actually seeing an outward sign of the kingdom of God, and my heart is growing cold at the same time. God wants our hearts restored. Look at one more passage. It's not up here. Uh, It'll be the last one I make reference to. It's in Matthew 23, verse 37. And this is called the brokenness of God. Now, this amazed me. Um, I never realized... Have you guys ever thought like this? Because I didn't understand what God was like. I thought God just kind of sat in heaven and just watched humanity do all the things they do. And when we sinned, he just went, well... Uh, he sinned. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and deal with that. I never realized that the way I live my life and the things that I get involved with actually breaks God's heart over me. I didn't, I didn't realize that God actually was affected by me doing things that wound and hurt me. I never realized that the Lord, even if, that, if this makes sense, I didn't even realize God cared that much. And, and listen to this passage Matthew 23, verse 37. Jerusalem, you who kill the prophets and stone those sent to you, how often I have longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under the wings, but you're not willing. Now, There have been many times where God has had me pray with people, and when I'm praying with them, I begin to start weeping, not because God's ministering to them, but because I can sense him as a father being broken over a person's life and the destruction that has come from the enemy, that has come from families, and has come from their own choosing to not walk with the Lord. God is grieved Over the things that we're entangled in. It breaks his heart. And he wants to restore that to us. Now, this morning, uh, the first service, we we gave some words of knowledge. I'm going to do that again. God wants to come today and he wants to deal with two things with us this morning. He wants to come and restore our bodies. But he also wants to restore our relationship with him again. Uh, I'm always checking my heart. I don't know if you guys do this, but I'm always checking my heart. Am I walking in the fullness of God's embrace, or am I just living the Christian experience because that's all I know how to do? So here's if these words, these are words of knowledge, and let me describe that for a moment. Words of knowledge aren't supposed to be complicated, they're supposed to be easy. It's where you and I hear the voice of the Lord, and he tells us, I want to do this, and then we just respond to him. He says, I want to heal people, here are things I want to deal with, and that's what he gave me as I was sitting here during the service. He said, now here are some conditions we're going to start with. So the first one is this. Um, If you have this problem, now some of these you'll think, well, I don't know if I can move, if I have this problem, but if if it's possible, please just stand up, and make your way forward so that the Lord can minister to you. Okay, the first one is this. Uh, the Lord was showing me that uh, some people had actually damaged their ankle and are, are having foot pain. Now, I know there are people up here, if you have this condition, don't feel like you have to try to make your way down here. Just stand. Okay, so if you have ankle problems, twisted ankles, ankle pain, pain in your feet, please just stand and make your way forward. The Lord would like to release his power and his presence to you. Okay, uh, the next one is this. This is um, something the Lord wants to work with us in our lives, and it's this. A lot of people feel like, well, I know Jesus as my Lord and Savior, but really, it feels like God's far away from me most of the time. Now, the the way the Lord described it to me this way is God is wanting to come and engage you so that you sense the nearness of him. So if you feel like... Uh, sometimes a lot of us feel like we're going through a dry season. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about you've walked with the Lord for most of your Christian experience, and it always feels like God is far from you. If you would stand and make your way forward, the Lord wants to come and bring his love to your heart. Okay? The next one is this. um, Fear. Now, we can have a lot of fears about a lot of things, but the one the Lord picked on right now was this. The fear of your future. If you're afraid of tomorrow, oh, no. What's going to happen to this tomorrow? Or what's going to happen to my family? Or what's going to happen to me? The Lord wants to come and, and take that away from you. It is not your inheritance to be afraid of the future. Because it tells us in the scripture, in Psalms 23, Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. God wants that to be a reality. And so if you have a fear for your future, please make your way down. The Lord would like to minister to you. Um, I believe there's a ministry team. Is there a ministry team here? If you're on the ministry team, could you kind of make your way up here as these people are coming down? And then... um, Sometimes, I I have to admit, uh, God just makes me um, cringe and laugh about some of these things he wants me to pray for. I think, wow, I I really feel kind of uncomfortable sharing those things. But it's one of those things. So if you have urinary tract infection, the Lord would like to minister to you. And you're going to go, well, yeah, I'm really going to stand up and run forward. Well, just kind of make your way down whenever you can. But if you have a urinary tract infection, the Lord would like to uh, deliver and heal you of this. And then the last one is this: the Lord was showing me that um, there was some people that were actually struggling with liver problems. And I'm like, "What well, could you be detailed about it?" And the Lord said, "No, they just have pain in their liver. Just have them respond to that. So if you have pain in your liver, please just stand up and make your way forward, because the Lord would like to minister it to you." All right, um, for the people that are standing here, um, I. Let's see if you guys can all just kind of spread out so that you're all in just kind of a line right here, down here. If you're in groups of two, just kind of come forward and let's just get in one line this direction. All right, now, um, for you guys, please join me to pray for the people here. Um, Could you just put your hands out like you're receiving a gift? Thank you. Lord wants to come and bring his goodness to you, okay? Now, for your benefit don't worry about the people that are receiving prayer. Now, don't worry about praying. We're here to pray for you. What I want you to do so that you can get what the Lord's wanting to do in your life, I want you to just turn your heart to the Lord and enjoy him. Okay, don't pray with the person that's praying for you. Just relax and receive from the Lord. Okay, so I'm going to invite the power of the Holy Spirit to engage you. And then um, the ministry team will, when they feel like the Lord wants them to, they'll come and they'll start praying for you, okay? But until someone does, just stay there and let the Lord minister to you, okay? Holy Spirit, would you come now with your power and your healing presence right now in the name of Jesus? And would you begin the process of restoring them, Lord? And um, in the name of the Lord, Jesus Christ... I break the power of pain over their bodies. I ask, Lord, that you would come over the skeletal structure of who they are and that you would just grab that, Lord, and, and bring life to it and move it back into a place of wholeness and restoration. And in the name of Jesus, I break the power of fear. I command it to come off of these people. And Lord, I ask that you would come into any areas where we have infection and just lift that off us. Lord, surely you bore our infirmities and carried away our diseases. Come and carry this away from us, Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ. And Holy Spirit, would you come into the liver condition and the pain and just release your presence in the name of Jesus? All right, ministry team, as you, since the Lord wants you to, please pray for these people you guys can do worship. We're just going to wait for a few moments, and then I'm going to pray for the rest of you out here. So please just join us in prayer. Just pray that the Lord will come and meet them. All right, as they're here receiving prayer, I'm going to just pray, If if any of you have a condition that you need prayer for. If you're able, would you just stand where you're at? I'm going to pray that the Lord will come and meet you also. If you have a physical condition or something you need the Lord to come and minister to you about, please just stand where you're at. I'm going to pray for you. Okay. And if you guys wouldn't wouldn't mind, just could you put your hands out like the Lord's going to give you a gift, please? Let's welcome Him. Holy Spirit, would you come now? And would you bring your healing presence over these people in the name of Jesus. And we ask, Lord, that you would begin to come to these areas of weakness and pain in their body and that you would begin to lift that off, Lord. We, we come into agreement and we break the power of pain. And we ask, Lord, that you would come into the, all of their body right now you come into their emotions, come into the way they think about things, and we ask that you would bring your love, your healing power and presence, and that you would begin to restore them, God. Now, Lord, just wash over them. Bless them. Let the same power that raised Christ from the dead touch their mortal bodies. Bless you, Lord. Just wait a few more moments, Lord. I bless what you're doing. Thank you, mighty one. Now, Father, I ask that your blessing would be upon these people. And that you would strengthen them by your might. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you. Um, sir, what's your name? You just sat down, you're wearing glasses. Yes, what's your name? Frank, would you stand, please? I felt like the Lord wanted me to pray a blessing over you. Can I do that? Okay. Holy Spirit, would you come around this man right now? And I I feel like the Lord wants me to encourage you with this. God is going to put you around a company of men. And he's going to actually raise you up as a leader in the midst of them. And even though you see yourself as meek and mild, the Lord is actually going to release his favor upon you. And God's going to start drawing people for you to encourage and disciple and to bless. There's just a blessing of the Lord that's actually resting on you in that arena of your life. And so, Lord, I ask that you'd come right now, you'd release that in his life, and that you would bless him with that, Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Thank you. All right, they're still praying up here. The worship team's going to start. Let me pray a general blessing over you, and then I'm going to let them come and lead you into worship. Please receive the blessing of the lord now may the lord bless you and keep you may the lord's face shine upon you and be gracious to you may the lord turn his face to you and give you rest in the name of the father son and holy spirit amen